0: Welcome to our third episode in season 2 of Iona Speaks about defending self-justice, a platform used for us as women to hear how we can walk in our dominion through the power of voice and the strength of awareness. May this podcast statement for every listener on their journey to self-justice in Jesus name. Our first episode was reading the letter I wrote to my younger self for encouragement speaking about passion and purpose. The second episode was a discussion with a friend about how the poem by Khalil Gibran speaks to how we defend self-justice. In this episode, I am joined by another dear friend, Kathy Bruce. She is a mother, life focuser, advocate for justice, thought leader, and inspirational speaker. Who I am honored to have as another special guest. We will engage in a conversation about the influence on defending self justice through historical trauma and overlooked pain. Ten days ago, on April 20th, the world watched and waited for what decision would be made regarding the death of a man that took nine minutes and 29 seconds. Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin was on trial for the murder of Minneapolis resident George Floyd. The trauma that occurs in the body, the mind, the psyche, the emotions, and in the spirit of someone restraining and being restrained for that length of time is indescribable. Whether you are experiencing it personally, witnessing witnessing it in that exact moment in time, hearing about it afterwards, reading about it through different mediums, or watching it on a video, one clear significance is that there is a definitive impact that is generational. So for our first question, Kathy, when you hear that someone is restraining or being restrained for nine minutes and 29 seconds, what does that mean to you as a human being?
1: Well, Iona, I want to thank you so much for uh, inviting me to this podcast, and I've been a faithful listener since the very first podcast, so thank you for having me on today. Um, But What you are describing sounds something like trauma, maybe vicarious trauma, and vicarious trauma comes from seeing and hearing trauma stories over and over and becoming witnesses to that trauma and it works itself out in pain, fear, and terror. So that sounds like what you're describing, but um, as a human being, it resonated with me as a modern day lynching. Remember, lynching was done and celebrated in the public square. It was a sport of sort. So to be so cavalier or desensitized to lynching someone in the public square is
0: dehumanizing to say the least. I felt that, I saw that. Thank you for that description Um, because how you brought it back to uh, the lynching and what was celebrated by some and disregarded by others and was a painful experience of terror to others is exactly what uh, was being displayed looking at the images that were coming across the screen for those nine minutes and 29 seconds. And when we think about who we are as human beings, we are all creative workmanships by God. We were created with worth and value. And we are not to be treated as a product, but we are to be treated as being honored. So as a black woman, a mother of a son, a sister of a brother, and a wife of a husband, and even a grandmother to grandchildren. What were your thoughts as you watched and waited for this verdict to come out?
1: Well, I am a Black woman. I have a Black husband, two Black sons who are in their 40s, three Black grandsons, ages 25 to 12, two Black sons and three Black brothers. And knowing so much of the history of this country of policing in America, with reference to uh, killing unarmed Black men, I had to enter in. It was no way. I couldn't. I had a vested interest, and I watched the trial every day, and I was drawn in and captivated by the bravery and compassion of those who testified for the prosecution. However, I like a lot of other Black people, did not put any hope in a conviction for Derek Chauvin. Unfortunately, history has proven that convicting law enforcement officers who kill Black people is a rare, rare thing. So I was apprehensive, I was skeptical, and I was also anxious. I thought about Rodney King, Eric Garner, and those whose deaths at the hands of police officers had absolutely no accountability, none at all. So they and my loved ones are what I call black gold. They matter. Their lives matter.
0: That's great. Um, Thank you for sharing that too. And I like what you said when you were saying that you were waiting for the verdict, but yet you were a little bit apprehensive and a little bit skeptical just because of what history has actually dictated. And what has been brought before us. And so uh, the one thing when we talk about um, defending self-justice, we recognize that sometimes justice is not in the systems. Justice is not in the man. But justice is how we actually view things ourselves and the steps that we take to ensure that we are walking in the rightness of God. And that we are doing the things that we're called to do. And I love the reference to black gold because back in 2012, um, and it was you who actually sent me this song again, was Esperanza Spalding uh, actually recorded a song called Black Gold. And some of the words to it were, hold your head as high as you can, high enough to see who you are as a man. Life sometimes is cold and cruel. Baby, no one else will tell you, so remember that you are black gold. Another part of the song, she says, To think of all the strength you have in you, from the blood you carry within you. Ancient men, powerful men, built up a civilization. She also speaks about a time where not necessarily everyone will know your worth. But think of all the strength that you have in you. One of the things that we teach our son, who is a black boy of heritage of African roots and of Native American roots, is that he is valuable, that he is a boy of worth, that he is royalty, that he is God's creation, and that he is the son of God, and that there is nothing that he can't do. That he is a king who is going to walk in this earth. And so when I um, played this song for him, he got all of the words about, you know, holding your head up high because the world might be cruel and cold. Yet he struggled with the reference that he was black gold. So we broke it down to the fact that, well, black gold is just basically speaking about royalty and speaking about who you are. And then he was able to get it. So at nine years old, he was able to step into that place and have that understanding that as he is a son of God, and he is a creative being, and that he is worthwhile, and that he has so much value, that he is black gold. In the previous episodes, we have defined justice as rights, protection, ordinance, and judgment. The scriptures admonish us to allow justice and our rights to run down like waters so that we can make decisions that produce order and protection through honesty and communal loyalty. And this is abundance. This is power. And this speaks about dominion, but not for ourselves, but for others as well. So therefore, when you think about defending self-justice yourself, Kathy, after a diverse jury deliberated for nine hours and 44 minutes. How do we do this beyond systemic decisions, beyond conditioned thinking and experiences of pain?
1: Well, when I think of self justice, I I think of how it demands healing prayer for wholeness, uh, prayer to keep our eyes on him, and soul care. I think those are very, very important um, to defend in self-justice. It also demands that we get involved in the legislative process for justice and equal rights. And, you know, we all can enter into or initiate justice conversations with others. And we really should um, be really intentional about that because they, they really do go a long way to break down walls of division. And I also think that we we should just try to learn from one another and
0: not be so quick to judge or be so dismissive. Because there's so much richness in that. And we're able to grow in that and be able to attain that self-justice. So after the verdict was announced, the president called the family members of George Floyd. And then both he and the vice president made key statements to our nation. One statement that Vice President Kamala Harris said was that a measure of justice is not the same as equal justice. What message of change do you want to see as a woman who is actively making a generational impact? Well, first,
1: I, I recognize that God's heart is seen in his word. Uh, the scripture says uh, in Proverbs 11, one, that the Lord detests dishonest scales, but accurate weights, find favor with him. So with that said, I'd like to see heart change. And I know that only Jesus can bring heart change when hearts are submitted to him. I want to see walls come down and bridges built. And I long to see it with God's people first. And, And I'm giving my life for that in this season. And I long to see the church love one another. And not let the world lead out on racial
0: reconciliation. When we go back to the whole piece of saying that who created this earth, and it was God who created this earth. And we know that there's a scripture that says, you know, he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. Not building, that's not the four walls, but it's actually the people, it's the heart. He's coming back for the people who have the heart. For good, the heart for justice, the heart for righteousness, the heart for pure, unconditional, untainted love. That's who he's coming back for. So it causes us to to examine our own selves and see how are we moving in that place of justice, not just for ourselves, but justice for others. So one of the things I love when we have conversations is because Kathy, you have such a prolific voice in the church and in your family and in the lives of women nationwide, young and old, beyond race or ethnicity or socioeconomic status. So with that being said, can you enlighten us and our audience about um, the life focuses that you are being called to in this season and this time and how they can actually make contact with you?
1: Well, um, thanks for asking. Uh, One is the Girls Events and Gathering and the GIRLS is an acronym for Gather, Inspire, Relate, Love and Surrender to God and to others. So as girls, we are gloriously gifted, intentional reflectors of God's love and spirit. We love doing uh virtual, I mean we love doing in-person gatherings uh with the girls' events um before COVID hit. And then we had to take a turn, we took a shift and uh we started doing uh virtual um uh, gatherings. So we did uh actually a girls edition kitchen table conversations. So, and that is another one of my life focus focuses, is kitchen table conversations with Kathy. Uh, I love that. And um, that's also virtual. Um, I started back in 2017. And when I started back in the day, uh, we were able to sit at my real kitchen table. But now we have to do everything virtually. So um, I love that. And I love uh, gathering people together on Zoom and talking about issues that um, really matter uh, in our communities and really help to foster healing and racial reconciliation between the races. So I call that um, uh, conversations that uh, seek to tear down walls uh, and build bridges through conversation. And my other life focus is um, The Looking Glass by Kathy. That's a blog that um, really encourages uh, everyone to look within and to see what change needs to happen and to be able to submit that to God. And uh, on my blog post is really where you'll get to know me a lot because I talk about um, really um, very intimate things that have happened in my life and the way that I process them and handle them. And so it really is a a looking glass into my life as well. So those are my three life focuses, the girls events and gatherings uh, kitchen table conversations with Kathy and the Looking Glass by Kathy.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that with our audience. Um, one of the things that I've loved about attending and being a part of, um, for example, the kitchen tables with Kathy, is that uh, the, the people who are gathered around are so diverse, ethnicities, backgrounds, situations. Um, I, I love that. And personal experiences and perspectives, because we're able to share from the place that we're from and able to hear and allow ourselves to hear another person's perspective and be respectful of that perspective and actually um, gain growth and development and wisdom out of those perspectives. So I love those. And I thank you for sharing that. And Kathy, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to have this life-giving conversation with me. You can reach Kathy Bruce on all social media platforms by just putting in Kitchen Table Conversations with Kathy, The Girls Event, or The Looking Glass by Kathy, which is her blog post. I want to thank everybody t- from taking the time to listen today. And as we conclude this episode... I trust that every woman and mother listening be empowered to walk in their dominion as they realize there is value in their life through all of their experiences so that they can become the defenders of self-justice for themselves and for others. Thank you for listening to Iona Speaks About Defending Self-Justice and have a prosperous and powerful week.